And what have you learned about forgiveness that you can share? The freedom you have when you forgive and, and truly forgive, it frees you from whatever, whoever that was, whatever that person was, because of what, what happens is as long as you are holding on to it, that person is holding on to you. Welcome to the Chris Cuomo Project. I hope you subscribe and follow, and more importantly, I hope you're telling your friends. And if you don't like the podcast, then you should tell your enemies. Now, look, it's really important that this stay organic, and that's definitely what the growth has been about. And it really is a project. It's a collaboration, right? You're giving me feedback. I'm trying to reach out to you about what I'm dealing with in my own life and how I see what's happening around us as being important in your life. So, Let's keep that going because that's why I'm doing it. And hopefully that's why you're interested. And that's what the free agent merch is about. I don't have it on today. This is actually from Ukraine, Riot Division. If you're listening, I have a T-shirt on that says Riot Division that comes from what happened in the protests back in 2014 in Ukraine. Riot Division was a group of motivated civilians who were trying to overthrow a despotic government in place in Ukraine at the time. And it's become a big fashion brand for them. So when I was over there this summer, before I came back into the business, I bought a bunch of their stuff. So I have this on. It's not free agent merch, but it's kind of the same vibe, which is... You should define yourself by your individuality of purpose. And that's why I want to sell the stuff so that we can raise money and then crowdsource contributions. Now, I've already made the first two for us out of my pocket, so you can get me back later. We're going to give money to a great organization that I told you about on News Nation that is working to get guns off the streets down there. And then I just had MD Motivator on, who's huge on Instagram, right? And TikTok. We're making a donation to him to give to other people. You can look up MD Motivator, and I'll put information about the other donation that we made to help with keep guns from the wrong people. Not anti-gun, but guns for the wrong people. I'll put it up on the site so that you can learn about both of these. And I want to make more of these contributions going forward. And as we know, that takes the moolah, and hence the merch. So one of the things I really hope the project can achieve is to introduce to you people who are making a huge impact in our society in ways that you may not even realize. For example, today's guest is Tyler Perry, okay? Huge star, icon, literally, being awarded that from the Griot Awards, which is an organization that is just going to get bigger and bigger in media. And it's because of what he has done to promote the arts within the African-American community and African-American art and the transcendent ability he has to connect us as audiences. And I am a big fan, okay? It's really important for me to be transparent with you. I am not impartial about Tyler Perry. He's been a good friend to me. He has been somebody who's helped me take a look at myself and understand what you have to deal with in your past and in your present and how to do that and what matters about how to live your life. He's been a tremendous asset to me in my life. And he's an asset in our society. He's somebody who's helping us at a time that we need help to connect. We need help to connect. Our politics ain't going to do it as long as it's this toxic two-party system. I'm not saying the parties are equal because they're not, certainly not right now, but we need more choice. And one of the choices we can make is to come together over stories and emotion and feel that matters to all of us universally, right? 
out of collective concern and common cause. And Tyler Perry does that beautifully. He's got a new movie out that you're going to hear about. And he's going to talk about why he made this movie. It was 27 years ago. I want to make sure I got that right. Jazz Man's Blues is the name of the movie. You can watch it on Netflix now. It's one of his oldest works. Why now? What is it about? It is a mix of all these different cultural attributes, some of which you will find unfamiliar, some you'll find all too familiar. And he is a big man doing big things for the right reasons. Tyler Perry. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from Prize Picks. Ah, yes, the number one fantasy sports app, three million members. And I know why as someone who likes to play now. Why? Easy, exciting way to get into DFS. It's just you against the numbers. All I do is go more or less on anywhere between two and six player stat projections. That's it. Then you're enjoying the game. There's some action going. Gives you another reason to kind of check in and pay attention. Cool. It's literally as easy as me wanting to monitor a game and saying, boy, is Zion going to play tonight? And if so, I'm not going to get a metric on his minutes, but I'll definitely play with his rebound productivity. Demons and goblins. What are they? They are the newest, most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins, no, not political parties, get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100x, that's times, your money with as little as four correct picks. So go to prizepicks.com CCP, use the code CCP, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100 prizepicks.com slash ccp that's the code ccp a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars prize picks pick more pick less it is that easy tyler perry thank you so much and congratulations thank you chris i I really appreciate it man i'm glad to be here first things first i want to say thank you to you you have been a great friend you've given me good advice You have taught me things about how to look at myself and look at my life and who to depend on and what to depend on. And I appreciate you for it. And it is beautiful to see you living your own advice. Wow. Wow, man. I appreciate that. I I just try to tell people things that I've been through and worked my way through. And if there's something that I can share, I think that's what we're all supposed to do. Share the knowledge that we have with each other to make each other better and stronger and go higher and go forward. Now, it's so interesting that you have a movie jazz man's blues that is everything about what you want your studio and your work and your audience to absorb and it's one of the oldest things that you ever worked on it's over 20 years old and it's great that you're doing it right now why is jazz man's blues coming out now and help people understand why it's so important to you well it was the first movie i ever wrote and i I wrote it 27 years ago and it's been doing great on netflix since it came out but I tell you what really sparked the time being now to do it was watching what's happened in the country, watching what's happening with this assault on voters' rights, this assault on the history of Black people in America, and the watering down and the reimagining of slavery and Jim Crow and some political parties wanting to make that seem not so bad. And I thought even though this movie is fictional, now is the time to tell it because these are things that we've endured 
on many levels. And I just wanted to share it with the world. And I've just been really moved by how it's been received. It is very important to you for your art to have meaning off the screen, large or small. This certainly will. You wrote it over 25 years ago. Did you change anything to adapt it to what's happening today? No, actually, I didn't. The story, that's what was so surprising to me. The story is 99% what it was before. We changed the location. And I think the role of the sun grew toward the end. I think that's the only change I made as I really thought about it after being asked that question a few times. At the end, you know, when he comes out, it's this simple message of we all think we know who we are. We all think we know where we come from. But, you know, in this country, if you look at our lineage, we'll all find something back there that ties us all together. Now, you take people inside culture on several different levels. I mean, I I was really impressed by how much this movie does. You've got a love story in there, but it's almost an Emmett Till-esque forbidden love story because the woman involved is white passing. And as a result, this winds up being, you know, we won't give it away, but it winds up being a real conflict moment in there. The Chitlin Circuit, which most of us will have never heard about before, but that introduction to what African-American culture has had to go through to develop itself in music and art and how that did as much as anything to bring the races together. 100%. During... Jim Curl, there was what was called the Chitlin Circuit is when uh, black performers could not get into white establishments. You know, they couldn't perform there. So they went among themselves to little juke joints where Chitlins were served. And all these circuits around the South and became famous among their own people. And even, you know, even though that was in the Jim Crow South and now when I come along, I can go into any place I want. You know, there's no segregation, but that Chitlin Circuit was still alive and it helped form where I am today. And that audience was right there, 99% Black people supporting me all the way through my career up until this point. So, yeah, it's alive and well, and it's very, very important to the culture and us as Black people so that we can have a voice, have our own say, and then go on to do other things. Funny sidestep on it. Chitlins, intestines. Italians are big on chitlins also. We call it tripe. But it's the same thing. It's the same intestine tube, and we just dress it up the same way. You know, it's where the expression, as you know all this, but it, people will be introduced to this. This was from the days of involuntary servitude, of slavery. High on the hog means that you ate the higher cuts off the animal, and the lower cuts were what were left right. for everybody else. And that is such a rich aspect of doing with little to make more. And this movie just keeps making that point. Where is it? You've made so much art. You've had so much success. Where is this movie for you in terms of how much it means? It's at the very top. It's at the very top of anything I've ever done because it was the first thing I wrote. I was encouraged to do it by August Wilson after sneaking to see one of his plays in Atlanta. I think it was two trains running. And it was a literal rainy night in Georgia. And there was a little cafe that they had an after party in. And I got a chance to talk to him. And I was telling him how embarrassed I was. Sometimes I felt embarrassed sometimes about being on the Chitlin circuit because there was a higher brow black person and a higher brow people that looked down on it. And he encouraged me to go home and write whatever else was in my heart. I don't have to just write one thing. And Jazzman started to pour out of me at that time. And so for me to hold on to it all these years, waiting for the right moment, waiting for the right time, waiting for Netflix. Because many years, Chris, I've been told that Black people in movies or movies written by Black people don't do well overseas. So going to a partner like Netflix and that myth being dispelled because the movie's been in the top 10 in like 13 countries has helped me to understand that we are more alike than we are different. What does it mean to you 
to be termed an icon and to be awarded by the GRIO, which is going to be a very big cultural moment. That company is going to get bigger and bigger. To have that designation, to have the 330 plus acre right site that you have for your studio, to be able to build and do what you're doing, what does it mean to you? It, more than anything, uh, and I said this earlier, rather than being an icon, I want to be an inspiration because for me, it's so important to inspire people. I had very little people that could inspire me growing up. So when I look at kids who have hopes and dreams and are and in, in severe poverty and going through all kinds of atrocities, I wanted to be someone they could point to and say, hey, this guy did it. He made it. So if it's got to be icon, okay, but I'd much rather be the inspiration. Well, good news for you. You're both big brother. And I, I wonder, does it ever sink into you? Wow, I did it. I'm living the dream. I'm doing what I wanted to do in my wildest dreams. Every day, every day. And now over the last 10 years or so, so well, seven since my son's been born, I've been beyond anything that I could ever imagine. Every dream I've had has come true. And now I'm in a place of realizing that God is doing things bigger than I've ever dreamed and imagined. And I keep reminding myself of how fortunate I am, but also reminding myself of all the people who wanted to be in this seat and in this position and all of the people who who didn't have whatever line up so they could have it. But I think about all the ancestors that prayed for me. I think about, you know, my great-great-great-grandfather, Prince, who was a former slave. I think about going to work every day on what was formerly a Confederate Army base where they were trying to keep 3.9 million Negroes enslaved. Now the land is owned by one Negro. You know, that whole thing for me is inspirational every day. You understand pain. You understand putting purpose to pain. And you understand the struggle. You know, I love when people are like, boy, he really blew up. You were working for years and years to get a break. When you think back on what you have dealt with, where do you put it in terms of the pain becoming purpose? Under my feet. Every bit of it is under my feet and, and every bit of it, as much pain as it was, it all was something that kept to kept to keep raising me. I pack it down, I pack it down and to raise me higher and higher and higher and higher. But also the understanding of that's where it's going to end up, but you've got to let it go through the process of asking yourself how you feel about it. Are you okay? I have to check myself many times for wounds, like because this business is really, really tough. And in having several hundred employees trying to make sure that I'm managing that right and getting the best out of people and having the best people in the right seats. It's a lot to deal with, but also the understanding of I've got to check in with myself to make sure I'm okay so that I can keep pushing forward. Because at this point, there's no other point in, in continuing to work this hard other than watching the people that are coming behind me who are getting opportunities that they've never had before. The ability that you have to show sympathy and empathy, whether it's in your own family with people that are part of your past or what you see around you in society. Why do you think it's such a precious commodity these days? How hard it is for people to care and to see that even if you disagree, there's pain. You should be sympathetic. You should be empathetic. Yeah, we're so desensitized on every level because of all the, we're being, we're being bombarded with images that are negative. We turn on television, everything's negative. And I think it's desensitized all of us to sensitivity and the care for another person. You know, it's like me writing about Ira being Jewish in Jazzman's Blues and Bayou and being the Black, you know, the Black family. There was this commonality between 
at one point, and I still hope to think that it's that way between Black people and Jewish people. And I think a lot of it was born out of the pains that we suffered as Black people and also the pains that Jewish people mm-hmm. suffered in the Holocaust and having to come through. So I wanted to be able to show that in the movie that, again, we are so much alike than we are different. My mother worked at a Jewish community center for many years of my very young life. And I remember her coming home in tears because she could not understand why someone wanted to blow up this center where she took care of these little Jewish kids, right? And she taught me all about Jewish culture and the understanding of it. So as you talk about hate and you talk about division and and, uh, not having empathy for other people, I just don't understand how someone of color can can live through what we've lived through and our ancestors have lived through and not be able to look at someone else who has endured a lot of the same things and not have some kind of sympathy to understand that we all got here from somewhere and we're all one. And I wish more people would understand that. I wonder if it's understand or that it's been forgotten because, you know, you're right in that, in a way, Jews were like the original allies, you know, in terms of fighting for the right cause, shoulder to shoulder with blacks, uh, blood, treasure. Dying in Mississippi to get black people, help black people get registered. Yes, they're civil rights workers. Absolutely. So I don't want anybody to ever forget how the arm in arm that we've had, how it has helped us. Even some of the founders of the NAACP were Jewish. So it's just how it all helped us to get to this place. Why do you think it's so hard for people to want to be allies, whether it's with the continuing fight for civil rights and equality in society or any of these divisions that just keep popping up? You know, they multiply faster than, you know, even your movies. You know, these new lines that divide us. Why do you think we're so shy about being allies, about compromising? I, I don't know what that is. And that's something that is so foreign to me. I wish I had an answer for you that I could understand it. I think there's one group that feels like something is being stolen from them and another group feels like we've never had a shot or a chance. So there's all of this polarization, but I I do know that nothing happens until we get to the middle. I look at what's happening in politics for the last few years and it, man, it breaks my heart on so many levels because I cannot begin to understand how we get back to center because we're so far extreme on either side. And I'm not Republican or Democrat because I have problems with both parties. And I, I really have a lot of problems with the Republican Party, especially after the Trump and all of these years. Where I am in all of this right now is where is the middle? And what's unfortunate and what's sad is that there's so many good people that don't want to do those jobs anymore because of how nasty and vitriolic and acrimonious the whole thing is. So I'm waiting for that voice in the wilderness to show up and say, here I am, I'm going to come and I'm going to walk with us through the middle. Male or female, somebody come along and walk, bring us back to the middle so we could get better, man. This is scary. This is scary on every level. I agree. And you know what? It really does. And, and I don't mean that I'm not being trivial here. I'm, I'm not trying to reduce the point. We need things that bring us together. And I think often there's a mistake of, you are correct. It would be great if it's a man or a woman, if there's a messenger. It would be great if it's not an existential event that just scares all of us the same way against a common enemy. But I think the message at this point is more important. And the work of the artist 
the work of the entertainer and the creator becomes so important because it winds up being, Tyler, almost one of the only things that can bring us together. There's a better chance that people will see your movie and they'll be sitting in an audience with races and faces from places and beliefs that they don't share than we may find anywhere else right now. Do you think about that as a creator? Well, I, I certainly think about that. With, I thought about that with Jasmine, not so much with Medea, hello, but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but even with Medea, my whole point in all of that is to bring the joy. Where's the laughter? Where's the joy? Where's the laughter? Where's the joy? Even bringing her out of retirement was about the laughter and the joy because we've lost so much of it, man. And I, I cannot look at my seven-year-old without thinking about how I can try in some way to make the world a better place. The power of forgiveness. How important in your life and what have you learned about forgiveness that you can share? You don't have time. You don't have time to learn to, to hear it all. But I can tell you that the, the understanding that the freedom you have when you forgive and, and truly forgive, it frees you from whatever, whoever that was, whatever that person was. Because what happens is as long as you are holding on to it, that person is holding on to you. Like you'll be walking down the street in a great mood and you'll see somebody who did something to you and all of a sudden, your whole mood changed, that person still has control over you. When you've had full forgiveness and you fully let it go, you can see them and not feel one emotion either way. Nothing. You just let it go. And that took me a long time to get there with my father in particular. But once I did, I was at a place where I had room inside to put other things because unforgiveness takes up a lot of space in your whole soul, in your work, in your job, in your life, in your rest, everything. So having an opportunity to clear that out and make room for good things was very important to me. The idea of self-care, of taking care of your head and your heart, it's a powerful message from you because you are a powerful person. And even without the wealth and the success, you're just a big dude, you know? So if you can hear a big, powerful man, what are you, six, five, six, six? If, you know, for you to say, hey, you got to reach inside, you got to forgive, you got to deal with how you feel, you know, you, you have to give in to vulnerability. It's a powerful message and one that most of us don't want to hear. Yeah, not, not only I don't want to hear, but also I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what we're teaching our kids these days. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's just like somebody works for me, came home and their daughter, the teacher said, your daughter's very smart. She should have gotten every award. And she's probably seven years old. And the dad was like, well, why didn't she? Well, we only gave her one because we didn't want the other kids to feel bad. I'm like, what are we teaching our children about life if we're not letting, letting the playing field be even, if they're not winners and losers because we don't want the kid that lost to feel bad? No, man, we got we to gotta get back to some balance and say, no, 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 you lost, but you can do better next time. You know, those kind of things I tell my, my kid. I'll tell you the story real quick. He, he, he would hate me telling this when he gets older. But first time he went to basketball uh, practice, you know, he wanted to play. But he loved basketball. He wanted to play. He was awful. He was awful. <laughs> I mean, terrible. And he was talking about how good he was on the ride home. He's so good. He was so good. His mom was like, no, you were really bad. He got so upset. He's like, no, I was really good. I was like, no, you were really bad. But, but you practice. You work hard. You're going to get better and better. And now you should see what he's doing. He's killing it because we told him the truth. What if we just left him out there? This kid sucks and we're sitting there hiding our faces in the bleachers. Come on. I'll tell you what. My father is gone, as you know. He left the first time he watched me play basketball in a church league. That's right. That's right. He left That's because right. I made a foul shot during uh, warm-ups and the team applauded because I was so terrible. So he left because he was That's like, I know true. he's terrible. Then my mother had to stay and I shot at the wrong basket. And she said, I think that you should go back to football. Is there, 
When you look, you know, you, when you look at the more honest people are with you who love you, the better. And yeah. I know you've done that for me as a friend. It's been tremendously successful. So here's the burden for you. You've transcended the idea of audience. You know, back in the day when you were first starting to kill it, it was, well, this is a niche franchise and he's really doing it for black audiences. It's for everybody. It's universal. You have one of the biggest studios there is. You're hiring so many people, affording so much opportunity. You've checked so many boxes. You are literally an icon. The drive for you is to make a difference because you see a society that needs healing. But when you think about, and here's what I want to do next, what is the next for a Tyler Perry? Yeah, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately because, you know, at this point, why, why continue to work this hard? Why continue to push so hard? But I'm telling Chris, once you come down to Atlanta to Tyler Perry Studios, drive through those gates, If I, I would challenge anybody to walk in there and see the faces of these kids I mean, young people, every race, every gender, everybody's represented, even non-gender, everybody's represented in this group, and they all have a fair opportunity to, to be in a business and, and work and have make a living and enjoy it. And every day that inspires me. Like, I got off the phone a little while ago with somebody who just started working for me who was in tears because she was telling me that her mother needs care. And she can afford to give her mother care. And at the same time, she's able to send her granddaughter to private school. You know, those kind of things. That makes me keep pushing and keep going. So what's next is making sure that I can carry this long enough to get more and more and more of those people in power. You know what's crazy? You're only 53. Only 53. I feel a lot older than that, buddy. Yeah, right. Tell my knees. So I have one more thing that I need you to do for me. And it's a personal favor. Tell me. I need you to tell my mother that you are Medea, okay? So my mother's 91 years old, loves the movies, laughs. I'm afraid she's going to lose a crown when we watch the movies. And I keep saying, I was like, you know, I know that guy. And she will say, why are you calling her that? I said, that is Tyler Perry. They're all Tyler Perry. And will you just please confirm that? I know everybody should know. Nope, I absolutely will not. Do not I do think, this to me. I, I will not do it. I will not do it. I tell you what, because let that delusion live. If, if she thinks that that big, ugly woman is a woman, <laughs> let that big, ugly woman live. And that would happen on stage, man. People would actually, and I just stuck it up to say, I must be a really great actor. But people would, <laughs> on the live show, thought that Medea was a real woman. I mean, you think a woman is that big and ugly? Okay, yeah. Would you rather write, produce, or act? It depends. I, I love the writing process because it's a catharsis for me because I I, I I zone out. The characters show up in my head and I, I'm in their world. So that's a that's a very relaxing thing. Producing, you know, that's just second second nature to me. And acting, hmm, I enjoy it, but it's not it's not my first love. You do a great job. And I want to tell you, as a friend, I love seeing people doing what they're meant to do, doing well and doing good. And you are on top of the game where you belong for all the right reasons. And I appreciate you and I congratulate you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. You Thank are you. always welcome wherever I am to promote and talk about whatever you want. I'll be there. I'll be there. Thank you. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. The icon, that's what he is. By any definition, Tyler Perry has checked every box of success that there is. But more importantly, he's still trying to help everybody get in touch with what matters. The strength of forgiveness, the power of understanding and empathy and sympathy, passion, even putting pain to a purpose.
That's why he's my friend, and that's why he is so successful in our society. And who knows what's next? He's only 53. Thank you so much for listening or watching or both. Don't forget to subscribe or follow and spread the word. Don't forget the free agent merch. Let's come together in a common cause to make some contributions. What do you say? Let's get after it.